This morning, the Supreme Court ordered a lower court to take a new look at a New York law that bans businesses from imposing fees on credit card purchases, unanimously reversing the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Our co-host and Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr was there and is here now to tell us about it. Greg, the New York law seems ambiguous. Tell us what it actually bans. Oh, it's definitely ambiguous. The law just says no surcharges, but it doesn't say, doesn't define the word surcharge. Uh, At the Supreme Court, the lawyers for the state of New York said, it doesn't mean you can't have two different prices for cash and credit. It just means you can't have a regular price and then impose a surcharge, a higher price for credit cards. And that was basically the way the court uh, you know, construed the law for the purposes of its ruling. Well, the in 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 construing it, the court said that the law deals with the free speech rights of merchants, and that seems to be the the most important thing that comes out of today. But how does a law that bans commercial surcharges deal with speech? Well, what John Roberts wrote the, the the court's opinion, and what he said is, this is not like price regulation. Price regulation might have been to say, um, if you're selling a sandwich, it has to be $10. What he said was, this was a way about communicating the fact that you're going to charge a different price on that sandwich. You're going to charge $10.30 uh, if somebody is paying with a credit card. And, and as he understood it, it means you can't say... Uh, $10 with you know, an extra 30 cents for for the credit card. And he said, because of that, it is speech. And therefore, the lower court has to do something it didn't do before, which is analyze it under the tougher test that the Supreme Court has laid out for speech regulations. So then it's going to go back to the Second Circuit. And is the Second Circuit necessarily going to rule that the law is unconstitutional under this tougher standard? No, no, not at all. Uh, the Supreme Court definitely left that question open. Uh, because this is a commercial speech regulation, not, say, a restriction on political speech, uh, it's a little easier for states to justify that type of re- regulation. The, 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 the scrutiny is a little less strict for that. Uh, so it's, it's certainly possible that when the lower court reassesses it, it will say that New York is justified in having this type of law. Greg, given the ambiguity here, it seems, you know, you could argue there's not much distinction between the types of laws we might be talking about. But are there other states that this is going to affect or is this sort of a sui generis thing in New York? Now, there are about 10 states that do something like this. They're not worded exactly the same. And actually, there used to be a federal ban on, on surcharges, but then that expired, which is why you have all these state bans. And a couple of those states, uh, Texas and Florida, have cases that have been on hold here at the Supreme Court waiting for this New York law to be decided. So there will be other litigation. And uh, because the statutes are not exactly the same, it's not clear that all of them will come out the same way. Greg, let's talk about the concurrence by Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah, she said because of all this ambiguity we're talking about, uh, she, along with an unusual pairing, Justice Sam Alito, said what the, the appeals court should have done is it should have asked New York's highest court, it's called the New York Court of Appeals, asked it to tell us, to tell us the federal courts, what this law means. She said she would have sent the case back down there and ordered that to happen. It's almost like she was saying, Greg, that nobody really knows what this law means. Yeah, she was saying that. And uh, it's still not clear that anybody knows what the law is. But but 
the you know in part because of the way the New York state lawyers uh, presented the case at the Supreme Court, a majority of the Supreme Court was comfortable enough in saying uh, this is how we're going to interpret the law. Let's switch gears a little bit, Greg, and tell us what you know about the Neil Gorsuch vote. Well, we are going to have a big week next week. So uh, increasingly, it looks like we are going to have a, a big time confrontation between the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate. Next week, you're going to have uh, the Judiciary Committee voting on Monday. Uh, after that, the question will be, can Democrats block a vote? Increasingly, it looks like they do have enough to filibuster the nomination. Uh, not every senator has come out, but uh, only one has said that, that he would vote to allow a vote to go forward. That's going to mean what we've been calling the nuclear option. Uh, Senate Republicans are going to have to decide whether they're going to change the rules so that you no longer need 60 votes to approve a Supreme Court nominee. You only need uh, a majority, and Republicans have a majority in the Senate. Uh, that looks to be the ball game. Uh, late next week, uh, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says uh, we're going to have a vote and we're going to confirm him by Friday of next week. Has McConnell said whether he will use the nuclear option? We assume he will, but has he said? Yeah, he has not explicitly said it, but he has said, and he may have some other options that really get into the, the details of Senate procedures, uh, but but he what he has said is Neil Gorsuch will be confirmed and he has not ruled out the nuclear option. All right. Well, next week will be a big week for the legal community, the Supreme Court, and for us as well. Thanks so much for that report. That's our co-host and Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter, Greg Storr, who is at the court this morning for the latest opinion from the Supreme Court.